0: Greetings, everyone. My name is William Porter. Welcome to this edition of Storytelling Time. This podcast is sponsored by Every Dot Black Entrepreneurs Podcasting Network a group that supports entrepreneurs across the United States and in many foreign countries. I'm happy to welcome to the podcast today, Mr. Matthew Kopich. Glad you're with us today, Matthew.
1: Thanks very much for having me. I appreciate
0: it. Great. Uh, Matthew is the president, CEO of the Garner uh, North Carolina Chamber of Commerce. And for those of you who don't know where Garner is, It's a small but rapidly growing community just south of the capital city of Raleigh. Uh, Matthew, we're going to talk about your position uh, with the chamber, but first uh, tell everyone a little bit about your background and how you came to the position you now have.
1: Sure. Um, Yeah, so I originally am from, uh, born in Fayetteville, North Carolina, so eastern North Carolina. When we were, I was pretty young. We moved to Goldsboro. My parents owned a a carpet cleaning company, and so they did that for about 30 years until they sold it, actually, a couple years ago. Um, But from there, I actually went to um, UNC Chapel Hill for undergrad and studied uh, physical education, exercise, and sports science. Interestingly enough, Um, and my goal was to actually work in the NBA. I love basketball and play basketball in high school and. I uh, was actually recruited into into college, um, but decided to go to UNC, and I was not necessarily good enough to play there with Jerry Stackhouse and <laughs> Antoine Jameson and those guys. So um, so from there, I actually got an internship with the Charlotte Hornets in their marketing department after college, and so I went to Charlotte and was there for about six months. Um, decided that actually, you know, it's funny, you, you have these brand visions about what um, positions and jobs are and then you get into them you're like oh that's not really what I expected it to be and so you know I felt from there that you know it wasn't really the family atmosphere that people that I was looking for in a position and you know they were like you know everybody wants this job so whether it's you or 50 other people we don't care who it is um, to do that job so you know, that internship ended and I was like you know what am I going to do so I actually decided to apply for graduate school, and went to North Carolina Central University for graduate school and uh, got my MBA there. I was doing some work over at UNC doing website design and technical writing, which uh, for me as a creative person was was, uh, pretty brutal. Um, And I actually saw an ad in the paper for a position as the uh, marketing director for Downtown Durham Incorporated, which is a very similar organization to a chamber of commerce, but it was focused on... Uh, downtown revitalization exclusively focused on downtown in durham north carolina so uh, that was before you know d opened over there at durham performing arts center and all the restaurants kind of came in so i started there actually and got that job in 2004 and was there for 12 years until 2016. so um, that position really gave me the experience of how to um, really grow um, actually do economic development um, how to put deals together how to market Um, really uh, on a broader scale. I mean, when I started in in Durham, uh, downtown Durham for sure had the reputation as being the most dangerous city in North Carolina (laughs) and potentially America at that point in time. And part of my role was to actually help change that perception. And so, um, you know, building relationships, marketing, going and speaking um, out in public to people and letting them know all the good things that were coming in Durham was uh, a big part of my role. And seeing that growth over those 12 years and to what downtown Durham is now, um, you know, it's definitely a big change from what it was, you know, 12, 15 years ago. And so um, that led me to actually get to a point where I was like, you know, what do I want to do with my life? I got to, you know, once you have success in an organization like that, it changes from being creative and building a community to more maintenance is where we had transitioned to. And that is not nearly as much fun. So, I took a couple of years and uh, worked a couple of positions as in a tech company. I worked as their chief uh, marketing officer in a mortgage company I worked as their um you know vP of marketing or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was and uh was also pursuing this instagram uh, account that I have which is a men's style and travel Instagram account where I have I don't know just over forty thousand followers right now and is really focused on men's style men's travel and that was really my main focus for the for a couple of years to figure out if that was a thing that was Um, something that was viable and sustainable. And it was fun. I I got to partner with all these interesting uh, brands and create content um, for them, Brooks Brothers and um, even Target and Samuelson and um, some wine companies and some hotel brands where we would go travel and do photos for them. Um, And so it was really interesting. Uh, But I really found um, and realized that my passion was economic development, helping to be involved and engaged in a community and building a community. And, um my fiance and I decided we wanted to stay in the triangle and then probably two weeks after that um this job posting came up uh, with the Garner chamber and it was I read the job description and it was all of my skills so it was you know uh, the nice thing about the Garner chamber is a little more creative than other chambers and other communities um so they did the Broadway voices and they had all these things um that were a little different and that was my background at downtown Durham Incorporated, doing fun, different things that really engaged the community. And so it became really a, a perfect fit and made a lot of sense. Um, and then in February, I guess, is when I started. So right before <laughs> right before the pandemic hit. So
0: right, right. it an
1: interesting seven months.
0: Right. Well, you mentioned uh, Charlotte, the Charlotte Hornets, and uh, me and my wife are se- seasoned ticket holders uh, for the uh, Charlotte oh, really? Hornets uh, basketball team. And uh, mm-hmm. also, you mentioned uh, North Carolina Central. Uh, I'm a graduate of North Carolina Central. And so we have a connection yeah. there as well. So sure. so anyway, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, you've had only a handful of face-to-face meetings with members of the chamber and with the community since you've been in your position, obviously because of restrictions placed on all of us due to uh, coronavirus. Uh, how have you adapted to this quote-unquote, new normal uh, that we've experienced over the, over the past few months?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of it is, um, you know, luckily the, the things that I've done in my background, you know, social media and uh, video, I have, I have experience in those kind of things. And so I would say we decided, my uh, VP and I, April Wood, decided pretty early on, this was probably the second or third week in March, probably the second week in March, uh, we sat down and met and we're like, this could last for a long time. Um, you know, nobody knows exactly how long it's going to last or how long it would last at that point in time. But we decided really early to start planning for if it lasts a long time. We need to figure out how we can um, adapt and be um, a little progressive in our thinking about how a chamber can work in the, these circumstances. And because uh, th- we, we can all plan events, um, professionals in our in our uh, industry can plan events, in-person events, you know, in our sleep, right? And that's an easy thing to do. So if, if this was over by you know, August or July of you know, a few months ago, you know, we could have transitioned pretty easily back to the normal of, of what we had done in the past. Uh, what we weren't experts in is figuring out how to video conference, how to run an event um, and not be one that you plan as an in-person event and then transition it to video because that just doesn't work. It's a different, um, you know, you're, you're providing a different form of entertainment, essentially. And so we need to figure out how we did that so we decided pretty early on to go full force into zoom and figure out how we make it work when we can't meet in person Um, after a few months we have to be really flexible and we learned that you know there were some things that we weren't doing so we weren't necessarily uh, marketing um, some of the smaller businesses that were really really struggling as much as we should so you know pretty quickly after we realized that and our board kind of discussed it we decided to really start focusing on that you know our main goal really in the first by mind, anyway, from the first four months was to stabilize the chamber, right? Cause there's so many unknowns try and focus on what you can actually control. Um, and then figure out once we were stabilized as a chamber in terms of membership, in terms of events and how we can digitally run some events, um, you know, how we can then transition into more of a community focus. and that's kind of how we've looked at it and how we've transitioned. You know, I think personally for everybody, it's been a challenge, um, I an interesting article yesterday um, about, you know, everybody, once everything started shutting down and things changed, you couldn't do the things that you were um, doing normally. So we're going out to restaurants, so simple, simple things like that. Everybody's dealing with this loss, and it's almost like a, um, it's not a death, but it is a, a tremendous loss in, of, of the normal that people were used to. And so people are actually going through the stages of grief. It's really interesting, this article. I'll send it to you because I think you'd be interested in it. But everybody's kind of going through these stages of grief um, at their, on their own time and at their own pace. And you kind of see that in people dealing with you know, denial and, and um, acceptance and these different things. And it's been quite interesting when you start reading things like that about how um, this has changed our lives and that we are really dealing with a lot of loss here in the way that we used to live.
0: Well, it's different. There's no doubt about that. And you mentioned virtual meetings, and I've attended a few of the virtual meetings that uh, have been put on by the chamber. And, um, and it's, uh, it's very interesting, all of what we're going through. So it's, it's a matter of adapting to, to what we have. Uh, let me ask you this. Other than dealing with the effects of this pandemic, uh, what do you see as being the biggest <laughs> challenge facing Garner going forward? As a community
1: uh, in a, in a, I would say growth I mean growth is going to be the biggest the biggest challenge um, you know we are like you, like you said we are in, in one of the fastest growing um, areas in the country and it continues even through the pandemic I mean it, you know the real estate market all the realtors that I 've talked to a lot of them are doing uh, more business than they 've ever done the people are still moving here um, I think the the challenge is the things that growth um brings it's, it's positive you know obviously property values go up and and more people are here to spend money at the businesses that we have and more new businesses open and and there's more creativity and more innovation um but with that you have you know traffic issues and you have you know you have rising property values right that's good for some people it's not necessarily positive for others who have been in an area for a while and um you know they have paid property taxes and they're used to paying those and those those go up so um, you know, those challenges that we face. I mean, even things as like as simple as, as as drinking water, making sure we all have enough as we grow as a, as a triangle region um, as a whole, like making sure that we have those things in place. I think the transit, you know, is going to be a, a big challenge. And we work closely with uh, the NCDOT and, you know, obviously our you know town government to make sure we are trying to plan for the future. But, um, you know, it brings a whole host of things. And Garner has been um, kind of a little behind the rest of the surrounding communities um, of Raleigh and Durham, um, really. And so we're kind of, I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, with 540, um, hasn't been completed around this way yet. When that happens, um, this is obviously now it's even, it's, it's desirable, but it's going to be even more desirable as we kind of uh, move into the completion of those type of things and the development that that will bring. And so, um, you know, that's something that I had um, experienced when we were in Durham. That kind of accelerated and fast growth over a 10-year period. And that's one of the reasons that, you know, one, this job interests me, but that, you know, I think they hired me is because, you know, having those regional connections and making sure that Garner is a big player when these regional things happen. We need to make sure that we have a voice and that when money is spent on these transit uh, opportunities that we are, you know, at the top of the list um, to get those things. Um, so essentially, you know, we want every, every community to do well, uh, Raleigh and surrounding communities. Um, uh, but obviously we want to make sure that we get, <laughs> we get the things that make us a desirable community to live in and work in, um,
0: and be a part of. Right. You mentioned, uh, Garner being behind in terms of growth, but actually that also provides, uh, an opportunity because of the open areas that we have mm-hmm. in the, in Garner itself and, The greater Garner area, the surrounding communities, especially going south from Garner, away from Raleigh, uh, spaces that you don't have in some of these other municipalities surrounding Raleigh, like Apex and Cary and Morrisville and places like that. Would you agree?
1: Yep. Yeah. The nice thing is, you know, you're right. We do have this, this big opportunity, right? So we have, you know, we have land. Um, actually, the land here is probably the most affordable land that you can buy in the Triangle region, right? And so, um, you, know, for, you know, for developers, obviously, that's, that's desirable because they can actually make money here. Um, you know, and, and that's obviously what we want. We need to make sure that the development we get, though, is, is what we want, right? And the ninth opportunity now is, is that since we were a little behind, you know, it's not, not in a bad way, uh, but now things have shifted. With the pandemic, right? I mean, we're we're going to be in a different environment when this is over. And so, you know, what happens with retail and shopping centers and those kind of things? And uh, we still have this development land where we can build the new thing that's going to be um, whatever is uh, what the community and the market wants over the next 20 or 30 years. We're in a really strong position to actually provide those type of things as we move forward. And growth is coming. You know, there's nothing we can do to stop it. It's going to happen, and it's either going to be growth that just kind of pops up and and is kind of makeshift and whatever developer wants to do this that and the other or we can actually get behind as a community and actually make sure that we get the type of development that we want that allows us as a community to grow as we want to
0: well matthew we've been just talking about growth here in Garner uh, and I was gonna ask you about that as a matter of fact that was going to be my next question the fact of uh, Garner being so close to Raleigh uh, just uh, if I have my directions uh, correct just south of the city uh, or at least adjacent uh, to uh, Raleigh uh, but let me ask you this more specific question as far as the role of the Chamber in helping God Uh, some of this growth that we're talking about, uh, since uh, apparently this growth will be with us for a while.
1: Yeah, I think the chamber's role is really to make sure that the um, Garner community as a whole comes together with like a a strong voice as part of the bigger Triangle region. Um, When you look at their region, um, you know, there's obviously, you know, all these different communities surrounding Raleigh. Each one has their own identity and it's a little different. But when you, you know, start talking about the entire metro area, Uh, We are really just one big city. Um, You know, when you go up 70 from Garner into Raleigh, you don't really know where one begins and one ends. It's the same from Raleigh to all their surrounding communities. It's the same from Raleigh to Durham and back and forth. It's really hard to differentiate if you're not from this area and you're driving uh, around um, the the triangle. And so, you know, I think our goal as a chamber is to make sure that us and the town who we have a really close and uh, great working relationship with that we're all on the same page, um, and making sure that we're identifying, you know, development sites. We're identifying the transit needs that we have and working closely with, um, the Department of Transportation, with, um, you know, with Wake County to make sure that uh, we are kind of, you know, first on the list to get these, um, these things as we move forward. You know, I think it's, um, the Chamber's role is really to be a, a cheerleader plus really be integral in, in promoting and bringing developers and bringing interest into the community so in terms of you know regionally we work on those kind of things but more locally we want to make sure that uh, we are connected with the amazon when amazon opens and we are able to um you know bring in employees and make sure those employees have places to go and things to do and you know making sure that we are part of that as we move forward as, as a community
0: well It's really interesting as far as this growth is concerned, and uh, it's almost a two-edged sword. I think we all want to encourage growth, but at the same time, we don't want to fall into the trap that some of uh, the larger cities in other areas of the country uh, have gotten into in terms of being strangled, uh, so to speak, by the growth that they've experienced. And at the same time, I think you will agree with this, it would be great if we kept To a certain extent, the small town feel of Garner, what it's been known for for a lot of years. So I think that's a challenge as well. What do you think about that? uh, Having the growth, but at the same time, making sure that we keep some of the traditional uh, small town feel of the area.
1: Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. It's a, it's a. um, Yeah, we dealt with this when I was in Durham. You know, it's, it's. You want to make sure the small businesses are the, the small businesses and the small-town feel, that's what gives uh, a community their identity, right? And that's obviously true of, of Garner as well. So um, there's a fine line between how you make sure that that happens and then bringing in this growth. And it's, uh, um, you know, I know this is just a challenge that every single community that, that has success deals with. And so, you know, I think um, the best ways to do it are really to encourage um, you know, local businesses um, to open, to stay here, whether it's through, um, you know, marketing campaigns or incentives or whatever it is to make sure our local businesses and our small businesses uh, really give that um, identity to our community and, and stay that way. But, it, it, I mean, it's a challenge, it's a challenge everywhere. Um, and it's, it's not, an e- there's no easy answer um, to that in terms when you look at economic development, but, you know, I think being cognizant of it and make sure you're, you're continuing to push Um, You know, local, um, you know, small businesses, small entrepreneurship, innovation and those kind of things with our local community, I think is really key.
0: But, you know, as you know, uh, we've been experiencing a great deal of growth, uh, especially over the last few years. I would say maybe the last 10, 15, maybe 20 years Mm -hmm. uh, that we didn't have before. But I want to ask you a question about uh, a new development that... uh, uh, I heard about initially, maybe a couple of years ago, and it's the Downtown South development, and I'm I'm sure you're familiar with that, uh, with a proposed soccer stadium high-rise development uh, in in Raleigh, but of course, again, as we said earlier, Raleigh is adjacent to Garner, and so with this kind of uh, development, if it happens to come about, and when it happens to come about, uh, how do you think it might affect uh, Uh, even more growth here in Garner.
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, you know, right now, I think, you know, the Garner town limit, we're about five miles from downtown Raleigh. Uh, Downtown south, you know, is another couple miles, I think, south of downtown Raleigh. So it's three miles from from Garner. And so, you know, that growth and expansion that you see in downtown Raleigh, um, it's going south. And so other than downtown south, there's also been a couple other projects that have been proposed. Uh, right around that area just south of that area um, as well both in raleigh uh, or all in raleigh i guess and still moving towards garner so um, again you know it's it's um, something that is a real positive i think for um, the future of garner but presents these challenges i think you know when you talk about transit i don't know if you're familiar with the bus rapid transit um that is going to be launching um i mean it's going to be in, in in a few years but we're in the planning stages of that right now and the first stop essentially in the first route is going to be from essentially downtown Raleigh to Garner. And so it's essentially bus lanes and it's, um, you know, dedicated bus lanes and faster bus service, um, because we don't have rail right now. And so, you know, it would come down to Garner and stop, make a few stops in Garner, then head back up to downtown Raleigh, but it goes right past downtown South and those areas of development. So I think in terms of connection and what that is going to bring, um, here is going to be really positive. Um, again, you know, As far as we know, that's, you know, at some point that will happen, the downtown south, whether it's exactly what is proposed right now, you know, that remains to be seen. Um, Those things always kind of change as, you know, as years go by and and, uh, the world happens. And so, you know, it's going to be a really positive thing as as those things move closer to Garner. But it's a real big opportunity. Once you add that plus the downtown, uh, excuse me, plus the, you know, 540 finishing, plus the BRT and and the the rail at some point in time, I mean, it, it really puts us in a in a good position as garner. And, and the thing that I would say is that, you know, our town government has been amazing and uh, the way they have, um, you know, worked with us, but worked with the community in terms of economic development, in terms of, of trying to plan and look forward into the future. And so I feel really um, encouraged by um, the role that they've been playing and us partnering with them and then the private sector as well um, and coming together and really trying to make these things happen. And I think preparation, just being prepared and knowing these things are coming and being as prepared as you possibly can for them as they, uh, as they happen is really important.
0: But, you know, uh, related to the traffic it- issue that you mentioned earlier, as well as transit, uh, obviously a concern uh, is with infrastructure. And, uh, and I uh, was looking over the Internet recently and I saw an article Uh, And it was by a New York construction attorney and I'd like to quote this uh, part of this article to you and get your response. And he says that, and I quote, it's not just rapidly growing cities that are worried about infrastructure issues. In large and small cities across the United States is an urgent need for updated infrastructure, including roads, bridges, And rail lines. Now you mentioned uh, transit, you mentioned traffic issues, Uh, so all of these things will become, actually they're already very important. So again, how do you uh, address or how would we as a chamber, for example, promote uh, the um, continued growth with the infrastructure uh, needs that we're no doubt going to have in, in 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 the future with all this growth coming.
1: Yeah, well, I think a lot of it is you know so when you know with Amazon is a good example, um, you know where they needed infrastructure in order to make that deal work. Um, they need the roads updated, you know, forty and and in front of the facility, and so you know how you um, tie almost investment of a large um, company. Into pay, helping to pay, essentially for the road. Like they're not going to do it unless that deal happens, and then the tax dollars that you receive from that help to pay for infrastructure needs. There's, you know, uh, in, industrial, de- excuse me, industrial development here that needed, um, you know, sewer lines or something that needed to go into the space that weren't connected uh, for a new development, and then the town kicks in that to help the the that, you know, project get done. And so looking at those kind of things, I think it's planning and obviously planning and funding are the two biggest things in, in how this, this all works. And obviously challenges always, or funding is always going to be hard, um, I think, and making sure you forecast out. That's why I think us having a voice as Garner, making sure that we have a voice, and for the next five to ten years we have, all right, here's the areas of development, here's the areas of growth, um, you know, and we need to make sure that we continually uh, push and ask and continue to make the case for the investment of you know uh county government obviously our town um obviously uh dot the state federal funds if we're you know if they're available to make sure that we're planning these things out because a lot of times you know you need years and years of of these kind of plans and years and years of of pitching here's why we need this and to continue to you know kind of put your foot on the gas to make sure that we get this uh investment in our community in terms of the infrastructure. And I think it's the chamber's role to one, be uh, kinda at the forefront of making sure that we have those plans and ideas in place and that we can actually pitch those uh, over a number of years to actually get the funding for the future of, of where that growth is gonna be. And I think that's a, that's a big role that the, uh, the chamber um, will play. And that's, you know, kind of the goal. one of my goals is to actually make sure that we are that regional player. I think uh, that's a bigger role um, for our chamber. And moving forward in that sense is really going to be uh, try to address those issues before they become bigger issues.
0: Well, Matthew, we're about out of time. We're going to go ahead and take a break. And uh, okay. when we return, we'll go ahead and finish the show. But I'd like to tell our listeners that uh, you will be with us uh next week for the second part of this uh, with this interview, and I'm sure you'll be giving us a lot more information at that time as well. But let's go on a break right now. We'll be right back. Welcome back we we'll are back with Matthew Coppage, uh the president and CEO of the Garner Chamber of Commerce here in North Carolina. And Matthew, I'm so glad that you were able to be with us today. And again, as I said before the break, you're going to be with us again next week to uh, talk about other issues uh, that is a concern not only for Garner, but for the uh, country as a whole um and next week we'll be talking about uh, some of the uh social unrest issues and some of the other issues that uh, uh confront our community here in garner and the greater raleigh area and so i really look forward to that but let me ask you this uh do you have anything else that you want to add before we close this particular segment
1: Oh, no, i just want to um you know thank you for having me on i'd love to talk about the the Garner community, and the um, exciting things that are going on um, as we kind of find our way uh, in the bigger Triangle region, And um, but I appreciate you having me on to talk about it.
0: And congratulations uh, for uh, your wedding coming up. I think you uh, mentioned that earlier, and I'm sure you're excited um, about that.
1: We are certainly excited about it. So it's a couple weeks away, so
0: well, thank you again, Matthew, for being with us. And I'd like to also, again, thank uh, our sponsor, Every Dot Black Entrepreneur Podcasting Network. And I'd like to say to everyone uh, remember, whatever you're going through, whether it's good or bad, just keep in mind that there's always more, more good things coming your way. We'll see you the next time.
2: of people have had to overcome slavery and secondly obtain our civil rights but the third piece is economic equality and I'm convinced that we can only achieve economic equality through entrepreneurship with the use of technology. My name is Jimmy Davies and that is why I created the Every.Black website for entrepreneurs. So visit us today at www.every.black ver Learn about entrepreneurship and be on your way to financial freedom. Just go to every dot black E-V-E-R-Y.b-l-a-c-k. no.com, no.net. Just every dot black. Dot black is the new com.